Hello, Nana Nation and likers of the Awkward Throw Clear subseries. I am your host, Aaron Chalupa, your classmate from across the room that gazes at you from time to time. And every once in a while, you do catch me, but I quickly pretend that there's something in my eye. Uh, we've all been there. No judgment. Anywho, I stopped by a friend's house uh, on my way to Jasper in Valemount uh, to chat about her future with hockey and what she has done with the sport so far. Uh, where other people may have put their dreams on the shelf, you know, she's still pursuing it and looking at options all the time. You know, she's looking at Australia and Europe. You know, we talk about that in the podcast. Uh, her name's Misty Seastrom. Uh, she also tells me about her times playing hockey in Hong Kong, North Korea, and the upcoming plan for India, uh, setting her world record for highest elevation hockey game. It's actually going to be a tournament. Uh, we begin. We talk about that in the podcast. I um, I found all these adventures interesting. I uh, sure hope you guys do too. Maybe you'll get a little inspired to chase your dreams as well. Uh, so here's episode 15 of the Awkward Throw Clear. Enjoy. <coughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to the, au- <coughs> the, <coughs> the Awkward Throw Clear. Now here's your host, Aaron Chalupa. How's it going there, Not After 30 podcast listeners? This is Aaron Chalupa, the Chalupa Cabra. Um, I'm here in Calgary with my friend, uh, Misty Seastrom. Um, yeah, Misty plays hockey, and yeah, she lives in here in Calgary. She's got a dog on her lap right now, just almost falling asleep. Um, say hi to the folks there, Misty. Hello, folks up there. Uh, just get all the nerves out of there. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I met Misty through uh, some NCHL um, draft tournaments. I believe the one I met you at was Jasper. Jasper, yeah. yeah you, you didn't go to... Which which Jasper tournament was that? Were you at the Drunken Woodland Critters? It was the Game of Thrones one. Yeah, I definitely remember you from that one. I wasn't sure if you were before that. Um, yeah, you were on the Deer team, right? The Baratheon team. Yeah, yeah the Deer team. And you guys won in the shootout. Won the show. That was pretty sweet. I remember watching that game. It was pretty fun. You guys had a wicked goalie in net. Yeah. Yeah, huge saves. We were against the black team, and they were favorited to win. I think they went, like, undefeated throughout. I thought you guys played the Lannister team at the end. Uh, the Lion guys. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, it I was, think I am. It was Danny's team. <laughs> yeah. And Danny can't win an A championship. So. I think she finally did, though. What? I think she finally did a little while ago. I'm happy for I her, can't but remember. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want to break a streak. No, no, definitely. Yeah. You know, be that finalist all the time and never actually get the title. Sadness. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself there, Misty. Uh, where are you from? What do you do? All that kind of stuff. Well, I grew up in Crescent, BC, small little town. Started playing hockey when I was about seven years old. And I have a bunch of cousins and family members in Crescent, so we're all about the same age. Parents threw the kids into minor hockey. And there's no question that I would play, being the only girl in a group of six or seven little boys. <laughs> and we just grew up um, playing hockey together, and it was so much fun playing boys hockey. And then moved out to Alberta and had to... About what age did you move out to Alberta? Well, I think I was 12 years old. Moved okay. to Red Deer and then moved up to Fort McMurray. Entered in the minor hockey system there, played some more boys hockey, and then started playing female hockey and started traveling a little bit more. And then went to college, stopped hockey, and went to school on a soccer scholarship because I didn't have a hockey team, and then entered the Which college was that? Keanu College. And that's in Fort Mac? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, wow. Creston to Red Deer to Fort Mac. Yeah. You're thinking that after that, you'd be going to, like, Yellowknife or something. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> keep going north. So, you, but you still work in, uh, sorry, Fort Mac right now, yeah? I do, yeah. And what's your job title? I'm a power engineer. Oh, wow. It sounds really cool, but it's basically just like Homer Simpson with a little <laughs> more hair and a little less body fat. That's good. <laughs> um, all right, so you're, so about what age group, when, um, whereabouts did you fall into the, your, your, you said you played hockey with your cousins? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have any siblings, do you? I have one younger brother. And he played hockey too? Yeah, we played together from like ages 6 and 7 to 10. Okay, so you guys are all pretty close in age. Like, are you one of the younger ones in that uh, lump of boys? There's three of us that are my age. There's two, my brother and my other cousin, that are a year younger. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's one year older, and there's one that's two years younger. Oh, wow, so you, pre- you played with a few of them. Oh, yeah. Your... There's, I think, in Adam, we 
probably could have had our own full lineup. That's awesome. Yeah. And what position do you usually play? Defense. Defense. And do you prefer a side at all? Like, I know that's becoming, like, the more popular thing these days. Like, no one really talked about that in the 90s <laughs> from what I remember. But now it's always like, you need a right shot D-man. You know? Right shot. Well, I shoot right, and I like playing right side if we're playing more of a defensive game. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually a stay-at-home D. But if we're trying to forecheck and be offensive, then I like playing on the left. You just get that shot better off. And yeah, for sure. More fun. Right on. And like with that shot you have, like, is it quite a, a lethal shot? Like, do you have a, quite the clap bomb, <laughs> or you know, you can kind of place it, or you kind of like uh, Andre, uh, sorry, Andre uh, Sakura, who's the known as the shin guard assassin, because he always <laughs> just hits the the guy blocking shins it. in front. Yeah, I uh, used to be that. I actually just trying out a new blade right now, the jury curve, and I was just on the ice, and I'm hitting top corner almost every time. Wow. Which is not like me whatsoever. And is that that's from the blue line even? Uh, yeah, basically wow. right in the blue line. right on. But I mean, 55 flex, it makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad at all, yeah. Yeah, like I'm still in that stage where, um, I like I remember a couple of years ago I was in the dressing room with my beer league team and two of the guys are arguing what kind of flex I should have. One guy says, "Oh, you're a bigger guy, so you should have a, a stiffer flex." And the other guy's like, "Well, you don't really have that great of a shot, so you should have a softer flex, so you can actually get a bit of a whip." And they just kept arguing back and forth. And I was like, "Uh, I don't really shoot that often." Like I, I always say, like I'm a really crappy beer league version of Ryan Smith, where I'm just like, "You just give me a boat paddle and I'll try to shovel it in the net," kind of thing. Like all I do is just hang out in front of the goalie and just try to tip it in or shovel it in. Yeah. yeah, most I would say ninety nine percent of my goals are scored from the crease. <laughs> Meanwhile, guys are like, "Well, what's your flex? What's your lie? What's your curve? Like, what about this? Like, what kind of tape job do you have? Do you use yeah. wax? <laughs> like, uh, just a stick's good." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, at what age did you stop playing hockey, and then you went to soccer? Um, I played soccer throughout, but for college, it was pro I played three years. So 18 to 21, and that kind of took up most of my time. I just played beer league and for a couple of years after that. So you that, still played, uh, you through. still did hockey in the wintertime just for, Fun. outside of the college. Yeah. Because they didn't have a team. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And with the scholarship, you got your school paid in full? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Keanu is a really good scholarship program for their volleyball and soccer players. So how, how did the soccer career go there at all? Like, you just had more passion for hockey, or, like, did you guys win some... Uh, championships or trophies or anything with soccer? Uh, soccer were pretty terrible. I mean, <laughs> our best season was when we won one game. Um, I think our highs were maybe two goals in a season, so it was pretty bad. But our where we, we highlighted is we actually started the futsal mm -hmm. in Alberta. And first we started in the ACAL League, and then it's brought up in ACAC. So our coach was pretty forward-thinking and brought that to the college community. And we ended up winning... Um, gold and bronze, silver. Like every year that we played futsal, we won a medal. No, so we were and, pretty strong. And what's that, sorry? Futsal, it's um, played indoors. Okay. And it's a heavier, smaller ball, and the Brazilians kind of started it for footwork and uh, ball control, yeah. tight spaces, and that's why they have such unreal footwork. Yeah. So the idea is play outdoor in the summer, you get your conditioning, you get your long balls. Yeah, yeah. And then you play futsal in the, in the wintertime mm -hmm. indoors. And it's kind of, it actually reminds, there's no board, so it's not like indoor soccer where you can bank it off the boards. Oh, okay. So it's kind of played on a basketball court, and you actually kind of play basketball or hockey uh, drills or... Yeah. Or... or okay. Routines. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun, but it was nice seeing, like, our team was terrible in outdoor, mostly because we didn't have a large core of very good players. Yeah. But it was nice seeing our ability to actually win yeah, and yeah. win dominantly actually in yeah. that time yeah totally it's, it's a bit of a like all right well we keep playing soccer okay and then it's like futsal yeah we're awesome at that yeah you know, it's like when i for me at least when i played floor hockey i was actually pretty darn good at that when i was in high school um i loved playing goalie and i was actually really good but then playing ice hockey <laughs> it's just totally different and you're like oh man i actually this is uh, this i'm not very good at this <laughs> which is sad but um okay with um uh, with futsal, like, is, it's five on five instead of, what is it, typical... Eleven. Eleven, yeah. Yeah, five on five. Yeah, five on five, including the goalie? Uh, or goalie would be six? Goalie would be six. Okay, okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, no, never heard of that before. But yeah. it's starting to gain traction, especially in in Canada and uh, Calgary, Edmonton, all those places. Mm-hmm. They're starting to have futsal teams, especially for their rep soccer players. So they yeah, can play no, exactly. Around. Instead of them playing some other sport where it's more susceptible to like injury or something like that. Yeah. Like hockey players, they'll go play baseball or lacrosse when they're, in their off time from the regular season, and then all their you know, coaches and managers are scared because they don't want to get getting injured. Yeah. I think Tavares and Skinner are really into lacrosse. And, like, Shanahan used to be, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, whenever they finish, they'd go play these. And then in CFL, uh, what's his name? I want to say it was, like, Mike Maurer. He was, um, he was in MMA. Oh, so yeah. they did not like that. They did not like that <laughs> at all because CFL obviously had to have another job because yeah. you're not making that much money. Yeah. And then what's another one there? Um... Jesse Lumsden, this is a little bit different because he retired from CFL because he was just so injury prone, but he went to bobsledding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from a running back to a bobsledder, which isn't too different, I guess, because you're just running as hard as you can and then... Hoping for the best. In in bobsled, you just sit down kind of thing. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Um, So after your scholarship, you went into work uh, and you got a a job in Fort Mac. Mm -hmm. So you lived there and... Then you stayed on a beer league team? Yeah, stayed on a beer league team. And then I've kind of always wanted to play higher level hockey. And so I figured, okay, I'll go work, make some money, and then I'm going to move to Calgary. And that's why I'm here. And go to school again for a different thing and try out for these teams and kind of see where that takes me, kind of live that dream. And a bunch of injuries later and a bunch of life instances later, never got on a university team, but I did move to Calgary and it opened up this other world of hockey for me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, against, oh, I met the NCHL guys, through the draft tourneys, and because of that, I've gone to a tournament in Hong Kong with one of them, and then most recently, um, which is the one that you're talking about or interviewing me for, is in North Korea to go play against the men's and women's national teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you went to North Korea. That was last January, I believe, right? Um, February, March. February, yeah. March last year. Yeah. Okay, okay. That was a while ago. Uh, how was that? It was crazy. Like, very eye-opening. It was... Um, if I were to describe North Korea in one word, it would be very paradoxical. Yeah. In the sense of you fit all of the conce- preconceived notions that you have, what you think it's going to be like, it kind of absolutely is. But then it also throw a 180 at you where, for example, all of their street lamps had solar panels on them. Every single, all the apartment buildings were like kind of shabby run down, but highly painted pastel. And every single balcony had a solar panel on it. So, <laughs> but meanwhile, there's also a coal plant out just outside the city. So it's like both sides of the spectrum. Interesting. And, and like uh, the solar panels were working. Yes. Like they were, it wasn't just like, <laughs> look sure. at us with all this, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I think of the interview. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, like, I just think of the interview where they have that, like, cardboard cutout of, like, the grocery store where it looks like everyone's happy and there's this beautiful grocery store and there's always food there and then it's actually not real. The freshest fruit ever. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, so, ever, obviously, everyone who went there kind of watched the interview as well. Like, that's mm-hmm. all we kind of have to go on other than, like, vice shows. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, or Donald Trump talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, CNN and how they portray it. But, yeah. so we actually got to go in a bunch of their shops. It wasn't that not allowed. And they do put all of their items to sell and produce and et cetera in front in these glass uh, cases. So you see, and they all, and they make sure that they're always stocked full. Mm-hmm. So it makes it look like there's a lot of things there. And then when you buy something, they go into the back and grab it. So you're never taking away from the display. It never looks oh, like okay. there's not enough. Interesting. So in one sense, they're right. In, like the interview was kind of right. Like they're putting on this show, yeah. but in another, it's, it's different. Interesting. Like I've never been to a current communist country. Like Cuba is still communist. Uh, in Europe, you still have Belarus that's communist. Yeah. Um, and you need special passes to go there. Like, you need to get your visa. Um, you need to go in there. And from what I understand with Belarus is that you need to withdraw so much money every day and get your pass- passport or some kind of ticket stamped every day, too. Like, to, like at, like, a post office or um, some kind of government office, so, like, a police station or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So, just to prove that you're still here um and that you're still allowed in the country you're still contributing so when my dad went to the uh, czechoslovakia back in the day um he was saying like he had to do this and this and this i'm like that's exactly kind of like what i read about for belarus 
where you would have to, you know, withdraw so much money because that's helping their economy. Right. Because you withdraw the money and either you spend as much as you can because no one else is going to exchange it or you're going to get a really terrible exchange rate. Yeah. So you might as well just spend it on something in that country before you leave. Or you don't spend it and then you just exchange it at a currency exchange and it's worth nothing kind of thing. So it, that's what they used to do in a lot of the communist countries back in like the 70s and 60s. And I guess that's what they still do in Belarus. So very interesting. And there's some other communist countries too. I can't really think of right now. Well, obviously China. Yeah. Um, and then North Korea too. But I think there's another one in Europe that is that doesn't pop out to me right now. But yeah, I I really want to go to a current con. Like I've always wanted to check out Belarus. I just think it'd be really neat to check out. <laughs> and then you know go see the Minsk um, hockey team there with their sweet. They have this awesome jersey. It's like blue buffalo on the front. It's really cool looking. Huh. Yeah. I know a couple of the guys actually got uh, k- Korean jerseys while they were over there. I we, definitely would have. <laughs> we traded a bunch of gear. Yeah. And so they really wanted skates and they really wanted sticks because those are hard to import totally, into yeah, the country. Totally, yeah, of course, yeah. And so a, lot of, a couple of the guys knew that going in, so they prepared and brought extras. And me, I just brought my normal gear. I'm like, oh, I actually need this, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, some of the guys got the old North Korean jerseys, got That'd their track so suits. sweet. Track suits. <laughs> They're sick. I mean, you wouldn't want to wear them everywhere, but... No. And that's one thing I love going to, like, because I just went to the former Yugoslavia countries uh, in the Balkans, and I love going to those old trinket shops or antique shops, and you see all the old communist things. Yeah. Like, I just love the idea of, like, getting this old communist jersey, or, like, in the Salzburg draft tournament, there was a guy, I've met him before, I forget his name right now, um, but he's got, like, an old red CCCP... Huh. Yep. You know, communist bucket. Looks like Wayne Gretzky's Jofa helmet. Yeah. Where there's like no protection at all, but it's got the CC, <laughs> CCCP all in white and the rest of it's just red and it just looks beautiful. And I'm like, frick, that'd be so sweet to get. You want it. Yeah, no, exactly. So like getting all that old North Korea stuff would be just absolutely wicked. Um, so what was this organization that you joined? Like, what was it called? Well, it was called the Friendship League and it's it was created by... A guy from Vancouver, uh, Scott Howe, and his friend Gordon. And they went to North Korea at one point in time, kind of for school, kind of got the idea of how okay. can we grow, how can we grow um, relationships? And they got the idea through sport. Uh, because the, a bunch of Americans had been invited to North Korea previously for basketball, because mm-hmm. Kim Jong-il, I think it was. I can't at the time, yeah. At the time, is a huge fan of he basketball. Brought, I think he brought Dennis Rodman in. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. they're, like, really good friends. Yeah. And so <laughs> they're kind of thinking, well, Canadians are known for hockey. Like, I wonder if we can cross boundaries with this. So they did it the year prior, and it was successful. And so I was the second year. And they're going again this year as well, because they, they still have access to their... Um, and they're hoping to grow it more and more. They're actually even doing a soccer tournament as well. Oh, so it's not just hockey and basketball, like, because you're saying they did uh, basketball as well. Yeah. So they're, like, just doing pretty much whatever sport they can kind of... Well, they started with hockey, and hockey, they gained traction. Like, they were allowed to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, who wouldn't, especially Canadians. But, um, yeah, so they kind of just baby steps into the country, Mm -hmm. and as we... As they've trusted them more and more and they've increased the relationships, they're getting access to more and more of the country and getting access to maybe more ideas. Mm-hmm. So now they've been allowed to bring the idea of maybe a soccer match because I believe the North Korean women's soccer team anyway is actually pretty good. Okay. I think, um, <clears throat> and even uh, between the North and South Korea, they've, um, for hockey, they've actually done a lot of cross tournaments now, like the IHF when they were doing their competition, the North and South Korea are in the same division, and it was held in South Korea this past year, and they allowed North the North Korean team to come over, and there was actually a showing of Koreans that showed up at the arena that were one Korea. like we They were supportive of both. Very cool. So it's kind of interesting to see how sport crosses those boundaries where mm. politics doesn't. Well, like other, other ones that remind me of that, I remember getting this um, Hockey News issue, and that would have been, oh man, I think it was still in high school, probably like 2007 or something like that. And I was reading about the Irish hockey team oh. and it's Ireland. It's not Northern Ireland and Ireland. It's all of them together. Cool. So they include Northern Ireland. They include the Republic, Republic of Ireland and it's one team and they compete in the double IHF. 
So okay. like, there's no segregation. They can be Protestant, Catholic, they don't care. Um, and then also, um, like, obviously, if anybody's seen the movie Invictus with Matt Damon and Nelson Mandela, uh, Morgan Freeman playing Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela's idea was to unify the country through sport as well. He thought that was the really great thing. And then we saw how they kind of recollected the um, Rugby World Cup that was hosted in South Africa. They kind of gave an ode to that when they had the World Cup of uh, soccer slash football in South Africa. I think that was 2012, it was. And Nelson Mandela was still around and they're kind of like, you know, like, hey, it's so nice to have this, you know, this soccer tournament here in this country where it was such a successful event in rugby yeah. when, they, when South, South Africa hosted it and won it and they united, united the whole country under that. You know, there was no, there, there, obviously there's still, there's still the, um, uh, the racism and stuff afterwards, but it seemed that the country kind of unified together more so after that World Cup and has been doing much, much better over time. Like, and there's a lot of people in the world that hate sports, you know, yeah. a lot of the intellect, you know, <laughs> I never got picked in this sport, so I hate it. Yeah. Um, but you can't argue that it brings people together. Yeah, it's like one common goal, a unison, something to go behind. Mm -hmm. It goes back to, like, the Middle Ages where everyone, like, you have one person that you want to, or one team, or one army, or one thing that you want to support, and you're all about that, and winning feels good, and it unifies people. <laughs> yeah, well, and then, like, with the, the Iroquois, uh, the way they used to settle a lot of wars or battles was play lacrosse. Oh. Where some people would die in that, but <laughs> not as many people. Um, but they would settle land disputes or other issues by playing a game of field across. Cool. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Like imagine if that's how we like settle the wars. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, well, we'll challenge you to a game of hockey. And uh, if we win, then we get uh, your kingdom. <laughs> we'll even think back. What was it? World War II or Christmas Day? Like the Canadians and the Germans crossed into the neutral zone and played that iconic game of outdoor hockey. I don't remember that one. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard about like a fun little match of um, soccer. Yeah. Uh, and that was with the the British Empire and uh, uh, the Germans too, but I never heard about the hockey one. I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Like, oh, okay. I'll have to look it up to get the exact information, but I just remember hearing that, and that was one of the examples that these guys use when they're kind of telling us, and mm -hmm. it makes sense. They're like, yo, we're tired of fighting, and let's just play a good old game of hockey. Yeah, no, that's, Canadians. that's fair. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. Um, so this organization, how did you hear about it? Um, well, so I had gone to Hong Kong the year previously with Roman, who's part of the NCHL. Yep. And so Nick had kind of, Nick had these guys on his podcast, the Beer League Talk, okay. BLT. And so he had kind of mentioned, one, oh, one day he texted me, he's like, how would you like to go play hockey in North Korea? I'm like, yeah, okay. This is, this is a joke. <laughs> Sweetest thing ever. Obviously yeah. I do, because they know that I like to travel. I've traveled with them for their tournaments. I've traveled all over the world for just my things that I like to do. So I love traveling, love hockey. And he's like, we want to go? I'm like, yeah. So he got me in contact with these guys, started talking to them, and they responded right away. I had all the information, and I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. And they were also looking for girls to put on their roster, because last year they just had all guys, mm -hmm. and so they weren't allowed to do anything with the women's team. They were just they played against the men's national team, and the women's kind of came out to watch. And kind of one of the rules is you can't step on the ice without another female. Just kind of this wasn't allowed. So the the coach or whoever was in charge of the North Koreans conceded. If you guys have women on the team, well, you can share the ice, and the females can play. So they're really looking for females to go. So we managed, uh, since I go, went, we were allowed to practice with them twice. Mm -hmm. And we, we put on their practices. So yeah, we played uh, three games with against the men's national team. One game with them. We exchanged jerseys and it was like 50-50. And then we had two, one or two practices with them. And then yeah, we had two practices with the females. And the, fe the women's team is actually really good. And the coach was really happy for us to be there and for us to run some drills for them. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. And how long were you there for? Five days. Uh, five days in North Korea? Yeah. Okay, cool. And that was in, okay, let me get this right, Pyeongchang. That's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, because there's Pyongyang in North Korea. Oh, sorry, South Korea. That's the Winter Olympics going. There's Pyeongyang. Good, cool. I just want to make sure that I knew my geography still. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were there for five days, you just said? I believe so. Something okay. around there. How long were you in uh, Hong Kong for? Hong Kong was another five-day trip. Okay, so just the five days on that. And, yeah. like, how many teams were there? Uh, 
in in Hong Kong? Uh, we'll, we'll just stay at Super Kong North Korea for now. Just one team. Our just, one team just that came you over. you guys and then just playing their team. And the national team. team. Okay, cool. And um, who else can join? Like, did you have people that were just from Canada or were they from all over the world? Oh, Pyongyang, sorry. Pyongyang, Pyongyang is okay. <laughs> I know, you keep seeing Pyongyang everywhere because the Olympics come Yes, up. right, because I remember seeing this Jay and Dan uh, bit on Instagram and it's just like, yeah, got my ticket for Pyongyang. And it's like, you mean Pyongyang? Yeah. Pyongyang's in North Korea. And Jay's, like, it zooms in on Jay and he's just like, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pyongyang's our capital city. Okay. Um, no, anyone... Uh, is welcome to join us. They, we had some guys that hadn't skated or laced up in 2010 years mm -hmm. and were just really interested in the experience. They were kind of stationed, they were Canadians stationed over in Thailand, stationed over in China, or had mm -hmm. been in Korea before. Um, some guys had played junior in Canada, some guys had played over, there was two guys from Finland, there was an American that came. Most of them were Canadians or Canadian expats, mm -hmm. so we had a wide range of skill level. Our goalie was actually an American. He was 80 years old, and he was an American. He just really wanted to go. He didn't play every game. Wow. But it was That's impressive. Impressive that yeah, him and his wife came over. So we ended up using the Koreans' backup goalie mostly just to kind of make it more fair and more fun for them. But, yeah, if it's they're still looking for – they have about 12 – players 13 players signed up for this one and they're looking for more people men women any skill level they obviously prefer to be competitive because we want to put on a good showing for the koreans they're taking the time and they're hoping to learn something and and be challenged as well totally from yeah, this yeah. experiences of course. but uh, just because if someone wanted to go if they haven't played in a long time they doesn't necessarily mean they well, can't go if you, if you have a passion for something and only limited access to it so much like Obviously, you want to be better at this, so you take whatever chance you get. Yeah. Like, with North Korea's restrictions and how many people are willing to go there, like, yeah. that, that have a high level of um, talent in hockey, you know, I'm sure they'll take what they can get. Yeah. You know, and they're appreciative of that. Um, what was your typical day like in um, North Korea? Super busy. So yeah. <laughs> we played so much Wake up hockey. at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Running stairs. Yeah. <laughs> The rooster crows. You're would would you train with the, the North Korean team at all? Or? No, we didn't train with okay. them. Okay. But it was pretty much, so we would wake up, we'd all have breakfast um, downstairs in the hotel, and then usually it was an ice time right away in the morning, so it's like 9 a.m. And Korea is like any Asian country. Like when you have a set time, it's kind of like within an hour or three that you're going to be at that timeline. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we were at. But yeah, so we would, we would have an hour or two hour practice and then maybe kind of go for lunch and then we'd go see a sightseeing thing, like whether it was a monument or the, we went to the, where the North Korea, South Korea border is, the mm -hmm. non-military zone, I yeah, think it's 30, called. Yeah, the 39th parallel, I believe. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of cool to see. And you know, we went to the Space and Science Center. We went to a war, the War Museum which was really interesting to see their side of things. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, obviously the Americans are going to have their side. Of course. The Koreans are going to have their side. And then there's going to be the actual what happened, which will probably be in somewhere in between, maybe leaning more to one side than the other. But it was interesting having the two Americans with us, too, that they were actually very open-minded. They didn't say anything, and they digested that information. And then talking to them after, of like, what they kind of thought of everything... Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, so we'd wake up, we'd go play, do a practice in the morning, go do a sightseeing tour in the afternoon, have lunch, and then we'd probably go back to the rink again and play a game. And then after that, we'd go for supper, and every supper they'd have a show of some sorts, and the Koreans really enjoy, it seems like, girl bands, where <laughs> all girl bands, and those are singing, performing, and they're all playing, like, unreal, like, they're playing such instruments and they're amazing at it but they're just kind of sitting there or doing their thing very slowly but they're all singing and they're all playing these intricate little solos and it's crazy and we're enjoying ourselves so like what genre was like that was more like a, a rock thing or uh, like kind of like maybe like korean pop mixed with classical and high screechy voicey interesting <laughs> yeah but they they seem to love it like it's kind of like a mix of like old folk as well but 
they really loved it. They're good at it. Well, if the hockey doesn't work out, you could always like try to start your own band and go there, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Korean Idol. So you 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 had a government official escort you like your your group and the organization around if you guys needed to go somewhere. Did that person also act as kind of a, a tour guide, like the kind of information of yeah, um, like the whole city and stuff. Yeah, we so we had two buses full of people, and each bus had two or three guides slash um, uh, government officials, like mm-hmm. you said. And yeah, they they predominantly acted as guides, mm-hmm. um, but they also kept us in line. But they outlined the rules. They're like, listen, these are the rules. Yeah. Don't videotape you this. The customs. The customs. Yeah. Um, don't take pictures of the police. Like that's a well known rule about mm-hmm. North Koreans. They don't like that. Um, don't make our country look bad, which isn't too much to ask. Like, I mean, you don't totally want... respectable. You're there on a goodwill mission. Yeah. And we did notice that as, as the days went on and as we adhered to their rules and as we were polite and as we were respectful, as you would be as a guest, um, they opened up a lot more and kind of allowed more and more. So like, for example, on one of our third or fourth nights, we were allowed to go out to a bar in Mm -hmm. Pyongyang. And it was a craft beer bar, and sweet. They're they're super original in naming their beers. They were na- <laughs> they were labeled one to six, and so you can no have way. one, two, three, four, five, or six <laughs> with different levels. And we actually had two or three, two guys, three guys from Vancouver that kind of like in the whole craft beer industry. Yeah. So they were pretty excited. They knew exactly what they were doing. Sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> and um, with a couple of the tour guides had like one or two, just because they're there and they're watching us. Mm. And we're coming back on the bus, and uh, they, one of the gu- guides stood up, and he's like, can I sing you guys a song? And we're like, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and so he sang their national anthem, but like you could tell he was passionate about it, but it was so cool. And <laughs> we were talking to one of the other guides, and they're like, yeah, we don't really do that, but like, you, like how do you... How do you close off to a bus full of happy-go-lucky Canadian hockey players? Exactly. So it was really cool just to see like them open up and and try to kind of have fun. If mm-hmm. You want to call it that? Yeah, like they, they, you know, they they let their guard down a little bit. They're they're having a little bit of fun with it. You know, they they got used to you guys enough. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool to see too because it's like, hey, trust us, kind of thing. And, yeah, we yeah. we're not pushing boundaries. We're like, <clears throat> hey, we're in your country and we're playing hockey, and that's really. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, like, are you able to keep in, like, were there any of uh, the, the hockey players there or possibly the guides that you got their information? Like, you can keep in touch with them at all or is it just no. too difficult kind of thing? Yeah. They, well, there's no Wi-Fi there when we were there. And mm-hmm. they, they, they obviously had cell phones and probably just the government officials, not everybody. Um, actually, I, we just got the update and I think some of the hotels... Well, there's only two hotels in Pyongyang, but one of the hotels will have Wi-Fi next time. Oh. But as you know, like uh, especially even in China, like those communist countries, they don't allow the exchange of information. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't be able to remain in contact with any of them. That's unfortunate. But it was really after our our last game against the North Korea the North Korean men's team. We that was a friendship game where we switched players and there's half a match. It's really fun mm-hmm. and they're really good. But afterwards, we all went into the same dressing room and we exchanged gear and yeah. we they weren't allowed to drink because they're high level athletes and we we didn't either. So we were just drinking like juice and sparkling <laughs> waters kind yeah, of. Yeah. But like the idea was like beers yeah. after the game with yeah. the boys kind yeah. of. And they're all laughing and chit-chatting and mm-hmm. like we got pictures like arms around each other and it wasn't fake. It was all genuine. It yeah. was like, thanks for coming and playing and like an awesome game of hockey and thanks for coming out and do you want a stick? Cool, because I want your jersey. Kind of thing. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, again, see, this is where I was going to write something down, but I forgot about it. <laughs> now I remember. Uh, what did your What did your mom think about this? She wasn't too happy <laughs> about it, but she's used to it. And like, for example, when I was 18, I was like, mom, I'm going to New Zealand for two weeks. And she's like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Just, you know, if you would like to email me, that'd be really great. And this was kind of just when Facebook was kind of coming out and no, no other platforms really yeah. were. You only had the flip phones. Uh, and so she since then I've been to many other countries and done many other things. So she's getting used to it. Mm-hmm. And so she basically just shuts off for that period of time that I'm gone. <laughs> and so I, I send her my itinerary and my flights. So she's aware and kind of feels like she has some sort of control. She's my point of contact, my emergency contact, yeah, if anything yeah. were to happen. Yeah. 
and even she worked we work at the same place now which is kind of cool so some people knew where I was going and they would ask her and they'd be like hey so like are you okay with your daughter being in North Korea she's like yep yep really okay about <laughs> yep so how about that bus I love buses and uh oh time for work Kate thanks bye but so it was pretty it was pretty funny it was really funny uh for my family because I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the youngest of five Ooh. and I was the first one to miss Christmas <gasps> as a as a whole we used like because I grew up in Grimshaw next to Peace River and we would all make sure that we were in Grimshaw for Christmas and then when I was uh 20 I went to New Zealand Australia for seven months Oh. And everyone's like, you're, you're, you're coming back for Christmas, right? <laughs> and like, my mom never asked me once. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going from here to then. You know, this, these are the dates I'm going, and I'll be back this date. She's like, okay. And like, she didn't ask anything else after that. And then everyone else was like, you're coming back, right? Like, all my brothers and sisters like, you're going to make mom cry. Aww. And I was gone. <laughs> and I was like, working in Australia, and December 25th rolls around. And I, I, I could tell you right now, uh, Christmas, when it's hot, like it's plus 40, plus 30 with no trees or anything that you're used to yeah. in wintertime is really weird. I don't think I'd ever want to do Christmas in a tropical place again. <laughs> uh, it's just very, very odd. But it was uh, really uh, interesting, and I just thought it was funny. And then after that, we didn't have a Christmas together where all the kids were there. And you broke tradition. I did. I always oh, no. let me broke it. It's like, well, if Aaron can do it, then we can do it too. <laughs> so they all uh, screwed off in the next couple of years because, you know, like obviously uh, spouses or their families or yeah. uh, they live too far, or the weather or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until this early December that we all got together for our early Christmas oh. because everyone was able to make it. Uh, so my mom was pretty stoked about that. But then also I missed another Christmas. <gasps> Uh, I went to Austria and the Czech Republic and a bunch of other European countries, but at least this time I was like, well, I'm with family this time, <laughs> and I'm learning the traditional Christmas, you know, like that our ancestors had. <laughs> so this is, I think this is a really important thing for me to do, and my mom still wasn't very happy about that. But She's like, I don't care about your loophole. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is all bullshit, <laughs> except she'd never say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't so much the fact that you were going to North Korea, it was just that you were away again. And, well, North Korea, it was pretty big. It was a little, a little bit, yeah. and Especially since you can't send those emails. Because even, well, one, we've spent a couple of days in China before and after, so it was probably about 10 days where my mom had no communication with me in two communist countries, pretty yeah. far away. Yeah, no kidding. And so she just wasn't happy about the idea, but obviously <clears throat> I managed to make it through a bunch of other places and events. Mm -hmm. And so she said, okay, yep. Just not gonna think about it. <laughs> Blinders on. Yeah. Is she that? With, is she like that with your uh, your brother? My brother hasn't traveled as much, um, but when he <laughs> does sketchy things, or even when he was working on the rigs, she's like, "Yep, yeah, just let me know when you're done, mm -hmm. and you're alive, and that would a be big, a big road trip or something like that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so the next destination you have is India. Uh, when's that happening? Uh, it's happening at the end of the month, January here, so we're right flying on. out of Calgary January 29th and coming back February 11th, So, and that's to try to break a Guinness World Record of playing hockey at the highest elevation in the world. That's going to be in interesting, so you've been training for that already? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on the roof of my house a lot. <laughs> yeah, really th I'm meditating, thinking about high altitude things, <laughs> giving myself panic attacks to simulate shortness of breath, you know, those kind of things. What is the top of uh, the Canadian Olympic Park, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, and whereabouts are you going to be in India? Obviously, if it's the highest elevation, it'd be pretty far in the north, probably closer to the um, Himalayas. Yeah, it'll be in the Himalayas, close to, I think, the... I think this one's closer to the Tibetan border than the Nepal border, but we fly into Delhi and then mm -hmm. right away we'll take a, a flight to this place called Leh. Okay. I think yeah, Leh. Yeah, and that's at thirty-five hundred meters, and there we'll acclimatize. And it's kind of I don't want to say it's a village, but it's not a town or anything. It's pretty small, but I guess it's kind of a tourist destination in the summertime for locals mm -hmm. or people from India or other countries. Lots of really good hiking. So we'll spend a couple days there, and then we'll take a bus up to, it's called Ladakh, and that's at 4,000 meters where the game will be held, and we'll stay wow. two days there. And, and you're staying, like, it's not like you're traveling to the rink. And is this rink, uh, is it outdoor? Or? Outdoor rink, yeah. Outdoor rink. 
So do you like travel back down this mountain to stay where you are or do you kind of stay in that area as well? No, we'll be staying in that area. So wow. in Ley, the 3,500 meter, we'll be staying in a hotel. And then when we go up to Ladakh, we're staying in homestays. So no running water, um, fires, but not with firewood, probably with whatever is available, yeah. it's waste. Uh, and just kind of the hospitality of the locals is kind of keep us alive. <laughs> this is like extreme hockey. <laughs> yeah. It's like Survivor Man, but hockey. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be pretty interesting and a lot out of our comfort zones, a lot of our comfort zones, that's for sure. But it'll be pretty cool. So we were building the rink. That's the whole purpose of the, the Guinness World Record attempt is we're building an NHL-sized rink, mm -hmm. and we're going to leave it there. Like we're importing all the boards, we're importing the nets, we're importing everything wow. so that we can leave it in this community. And a lot of this organization, the World Hockey Foundation, I believe it's called, has been there for the past nine years so it's not just like a whimsical oh yeah. i guess we're gonna do this yeah it's they've let's been just planning. do it for like some kind of show it's actually a commitment yeah and an investment and they've brought coaches and we're bringing equipment and um my friend and i kyle have started a gofundme page so that we can bring more equipment like our trips paid for we don't care about fundraising for our stuff mm -hmm. but if we can bring more equipment more sticks more anything to this community like we would love to do that okay sweet um, do you have a, a link for the GoFundMe page? I do. I can send it to you. Perfect. I can attach that to the <laughs> podcast when it's released. So what I might have to do, this is, this is kind of bad, is I just sent one of the podcasts. So I lost my phone oh, no. <laughs> in uh, the Czech Republic and then I found the phone Oh. and I had podcasts on there. So I recovered the podcast. So I was going to release these podcasts that I recorded like three months ago, four months ago. Okay. And then I was like, okay, yeah, Anthony, I just sent one to him. So maybe what we'll do is we'll just... Uh, bump this one ahead of these other ones yes. and then we'll play these ones around. So yeah, send me the link uh, and we'll put that up there and then maybe we'll have some people that will help, help go fund you. Yeah, five bucks um, is all the way. Yeah, yeah, and that can be, and that, like, that GoFundMe page will be open like d even during, uh, before you leave, I'd imagine, eh? Yeah. Just and, and when do you leave again? The 29th, 28th. 29th. Okay. So yeah, we'd we probably have... like to close it before because then we can use those funds to buy the equipment okay. so we can bring it over with us. All right. Well, maybe I can do my best to fast track this. <laughs> maybe no we'll pressure. Get some extra, yeah, maybe we get some extra support for you. But they can always like help out to the World Hockey Foundation because they do work all over the world. Totally. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's a good thing to do if you're a big uh, hockey fan. Um, so is, this isn't the same organization as the North Korea and Hong Kong, or are they part of it too? No. Uh, the North Korea was the Friendship League, yeah, and they have their own website and things. And then Hong Kong is was this tournament called the Big Five, and it's actually probably one of the biggest tournaments I believe um, in Asia. Okay. So like teams from all over the world mm -hmm. come and play in it, and it's mostly there. I think there's a women's division, but it's like three or four levels of men's divisions. Oh wow! Okay. And you get a lot of expats, and there's some pretty good hockey. Okay, and then this one in India is the World Hockey Federation. Foundation. Foundation, sorry. Yep. Federation. <laughs> um, I don't know, that's, a, that's very cool. So, uh, with this, uh, this, the high celebration game, it's just one game you're going to be playing, or is it kind of be turned into a tournament as well? They're going to try to do it into a tournament, and we've allotted two days, but it's kind of like weather dependent mm -hmm. oh, of, of what we're going to be yeah, able to totally. do. So, I believe ideally like it'll be multiple games, kind of like a mini tourney, and see what they can do, but... So is there like a, a hometown team you're going to be playing against there? Yeah. And then you were just like uh, an all sorts North American team or Canadian team? Well, it sounds like there's a team, I think, from England, like a full team that's coming. Oh, wow. And then there might even be another full team. And then there are a bunch of stragglers, myself, uh, my friend Kyle, that are just going to go with whatever team we can go on, the foundation team. Mm -hmm. And then there might even be one or two India teams. I'm not. It sounds like there's four to six teams going Unreal. that'll be there that seems a lot more fun yeah it's a lot more fun when there's more you know more the merrier kind of thing yeah and you have something to like go towards like a championship yeah and you can like this time you'll be prepared for uh you know gear swapping yeah exactly that'll be the best thing about it i think like I, i'm just i love collecting stuff like little trinkets and i think that's why i like the draft turn so much is that you always get like, guaranteed a jersey every and time you go pretty cool usually yeah yeah well, they're, they're they're very well designed <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, gotta love that guy. Um, so you're, you're quite the traveler. Uh, where else have you traveled in the world? Uh, quite a few places, I guess, or a decent amount. Um, I, did a, we, I just went to Norway with Kyle in the spring there, and we took, we rented a van for two to three weeks, and 
ripped around Norway for a little bit. It's always fun following your social media. It seems like you had a really good time there. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Such a beautiful country. Because you went... When, when did you go to Norway? Uh, May. May, okay. You didn't go anywhere this early fall, did you? Uh, I was in Nicaragua. Oh, okay. I thought you were in Europe in the uh, early fall, like around the same time I went or something. No. Yeah, it was like you were in Scandinavia and I was here, but I'm like getting my dates mixed up right now. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Sometimes I post things later on and people are like, weren't <laughs> you just there? Like, yeah, I just was delayed in posting. Yeah. Stop it. I don't know, Australia, New Zealand, mm -hmm. Thailand, um, Laos, all those those ones that you go through. Um, I went to, I was in World World Cup in Brazil in 2014, I think that was. Really? Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, Peru, Ecuador. What games did you see there? We got to see Spain versus Chile. Um, there's an Ecuador game. What else is there? We saw, well, I got a package, so we saw, we saw four games. So three round robins and then one... And all in one city, or did you, like, bump around different cities? No, we just stayed in, in Rio de Janeiro. Okay. But it was sweet, because one of my really my best friends, she I won the first-round lottery, and she also won a first-round lottery. Oh, killer. So I went with my brother, my cousin, and another one of my friends, and his girlfriend, and then she went with her cousin and her boyfriend, and they were up in um, Manos, but they came down to Rio for one of our games, because her mm -hmm. cousin's a, Chile, or a Spain fan. And we gave them our Chile versus Spain tickets just for, it was her birthday, like, why wouldn't cool. you? And, yeah, so we just stayed in Rio, but they traveled all around Brazil while they were mm -hmm. there. Right on. And a couple places in Europe. When we were in Norway, we, we hit up Denmark, which is a beautiful country. Denmark's awesome. I have a few friends there. Copenhagen is unreal. I haven't really spent a whole lot of time in uh, on the island of Zealand, uh, where Copenhagen is. I've spent most of my time in Jutland, the mainland. Okay. Yeah, I've got friends in uh, Aalborg. And, um, Man, you can actually Argos. say the words properly, though. You know, what's really funny is that I spent a bit of time in Sweden, and I have some friends from there, and then I have some friends in Denmark, but I find that the Danish language is actually, I can speak it a little bit better. Like, obviously, I need to relearn the words, so yeah. I only know, like, three or four. But um, <laughs> when they, when I have a friend that teaches me a phrase, and I say it, they're like, no, you're not doing it right. you got to speak with more of your tongue. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the drunker I'd get, the better I'd be able to speak it. Hmm. Whereas Swedish, I just couldn't speak no matter what. <laughs> We're just like, oh, this is all frustrating. I just like the accent from, uh, from Denmark more, I guess. Yeah. And it's, it's, what, what Denmark reminds me of is like a small version of Canada. Like, maybe not as many mountains and stuff, but the people are very similar, I find. They're super nice. Oh, God, so Laid friendly. Back. And like, they, they, like, my friends have always told me, it's like, they don't, one of their unofficial rules is you don't brag or you don't boast like oh. i'm this can't be the best coffee this can't be the best beer so like they'll never say that in advertising yeah or um they'll never like say somebody's the best at it because they don't like bragging and they're, they're quite humble in that way which i've always respected i hate saying that something is the best or the the toughest or the greatest or something like yeah that. Like, i was like it's my favorite like, <laughs> like is steve eisman the greatest hockey player ever I would not say so, but he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, so like, it, it, it's a very, very interesting community of, uh, of people there. and like, I really like their culture as well. And plus, you know, I've got some Norwegian in me, so you know, hang out with the Vikings and whatnot. Oh, it's yeah. always fun. <laughs> Back to your roots. Yeah, uh, Seastrom, that's got to be... Swedish. Swedish. It's supposed to be Sjöström, yeah. but then they changed it when we came over. That's how, you know, that's what happens with all European folk when we come to Pier 21 or Halifax. And it's <laughs> like, ah, oh, your name's this now. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> no, it's this. It's, I can't pronounce it. It's Tchaikovsky, and there's a Y at the end. No, we're putting an I at the end now. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there a J? No, no, no. Get rid of that J, put an EA. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? Um, so did you go to Sweden as well and check it out? We ripped through it. So we, when we traveled, we went up through the west coast of Norway and yep. all the way up to top to yep. Tromso, started in Oslo. And then we had like 18 hours or t like just under two days to get back to Oslo to catch oh, our wow. flight. So the fastest way, cause traveling through Norway is pretty hard the winding roads. Yeah, and of course. Vehicles. And so the fastest way is to dip down quickly through Finland and then rip through Sweden. So mm -hmm. we did that and saw Sweden, but we managed to stop in, um, I forget what the city's called, but it's one of the best, the, it produced Marcus Naslin, it produced the Sedins, it produced like three or four other, like Forsberg. Malmo? Not no, Malmo. For, for, uh, for London. Kyle? No. <laughs> What's it called? There it is. Moto? Moto's, yeah, Moto's the, their team. Moto's the team. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the city? Everyone and everyone, like, 
we we have international listeners throughout uh, the world and stuff. So there's probably some Swedish people. They're probably like yelling. screaming at us. Yeah, because like, for Lunda it was uh, Alfredson. I know that because they have the 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 indigenous chief with uh, the big head <laughs> the big headpiece there. Right. Yeah, all the feathers and everything, and they get a bit of flack for that. Malmo, who played for Malmo? Um, Orn Skolbeck. Where is it? Orn Skolbeck. Orn Skolbeck. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forsberg, yeah. Destroyed. Yeah, he played, as soon as you said Forsberg, I was like, oh, that's Moto. Yeah. Malmo yeah. is really cool. They actually have a, um, a railroad track that goes under the water and then comes back. What? Because Malmo actually, if you, did you just drive to uh, Copenhagen? Uh, no, we flew in. You didn't want to go. Malmo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting cussed right now. <laughs> uh, no, we flew into Copenhagen and oh, then, because okay. we really wanted to go there and then flew out because we found out last minute that Canada was playing in Paris against Norway. In I remember seeing that on your social media too, yeah. World that was really cool. Championships, I think. The World Championships, yeah. So, well, we just have it I'll just pause this for now. Yeah, you're good. Alright, a little male person just came by. Uh-huh. <laughs> rang the doorbell for some reason. Yeah, uh, so I took the train. I guess I was in Stockholm for a bit, visiting some friends. And then I went... Uh, to Copenhagen just to catch a, a connecting train to um, Aalborg. Aalborg? Yeah, Aalborg. Um, to visit some friends. Uh, but yeah, there's a part of the train track that goes under the water and then comes back. What? It's pretty neat. It looks really cool from the air, but like when I was going down, I was like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it, a, an air shot of it looks like, it just goes into the ocean. How crazy. Yeah, no, I love I love Scandinavia and the Norse countries, so they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, even one of the, the, when we were in Norway, there's a tunnel that is, I think, like 21 kilometers long. Um, and it was unreal. Like, how do you make a 21 kilometer tunnel through and under the mountains? Yeah. And I think it even dipped below sea level. And yeah. And it's just unreal what they can, they do over there. Well, they're very efficient with their space. Like, they've been there for centuries and like in here in Canada like we got all this room in the world <laughs> we can make anything however big we want to make it and like you go to Asia you go to Europe and like other really high densely populated areas that don't have a lot of space and they're like very efficient with the land they have yeah and like very creative with it it's like let's just build under the ocean and <laughs> let's build <laughs> let's let's make the flow of traffic easy, even easier because they have the underground bridge between France and oh, yeah, uh, England right. too yeah, yeah. this is like like how crazy is that? Like, ah, uh, yeah. Like I, I love that kind of architecture. They're they're very clever with that. Um, and with the like, also I see on your social media all the time is that you're a very avid snowboarder. Yeah. Uh, so you've, what do you do? Do you snowboard? Like, so you bring your snowboard with you on a lot of these trips, or do you just like rent stuff as you go? No, yeah. Well. Or buy more boards. <laughs> yeah, just buy more boards. Leave it there. Try, you know, um, I haven't snowboarded in too many different countries. Just in. I did a snowboarding trip specifically in Austria and uh, where was it? Innsbruck. Yeah, we went to Innsbruck. Yep. Um, uh, where was it? Austria and Switzerland, and we dipped down into Italy just to hang mm-hmm. out with friends, and then in Germany just to kill some time while the snow was wasn't very good. But really want to go to Japan. That's kind of next on the chopping block. I've always wanted to go to Hokkaido. Yeah. The North Island, it just looks so sweet for snowboarding. And also I'd love to go see a sumo wrestling match. Oh, it'd be unreal. And hockey too looks pretty sweet there too. Have you ever seen the the fox park? You go to yeah. this park and you can like pet foxes. And they're all everywhere. And oh, they're wicked. And they have Cat Island and... <laughs> they have like a deer park where you can like pet the deer too. Uh, one of my buddies, um, he was on the podcast a while ago because we're traveling around the Balkans. And there's these deer in a park and you can feed them. And if you don't feed them, they get kind of aggressive and like kind of headbutt you, like kind of, not, you know, with intent to injure, but they kind of get a little pissed off. Yeah, they'll hang So it. he's like, oh, you want some crackers here? How old? And he just shoves it up. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> he's like, you want, you want some crackers here? Have all of them, you ass. <laughs> but because, yeah, you know, you have the deer here in Canada and they're just like looking at the cars go by and yeah. You know, you can never really approach them with crackers, or you wouldn't really want to. No, and you're kind of told not to. Like. Yeah, you, you see the you see the idiots in uh, Banff and Jasper that do that, and then you hear from some fun stories about how one of them got kicked in the head, and you're like, ha ha, yeah. serves you right. It's <laughs> a unicorn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We traveled to Banff. <laughs> um, 
What is it gonna ask here? So, what what are some uh, future goals for uh, for traveling? Do you have any any? You were saying Japan would be a really great place to uh, go travel. Is there like anything else like the top three that like you need to cross off your list? I want to go to Antarctica really badly. I have, but I had a friend mm. recently that just went to Antarctica. What? Yeah, ah. she and she's actually from Calgary. I could probably hook me up. Yeah, exactly. I could uh, pass the contact details, and you know, she could give you some tips for sure. Maybe you'll do a hockey tournament in Antarctica. Well, the world... the most southern the southernmost hockey game played or something. <laughs> the hockey foundation's actually trying to set up a game in Antarctica, and it, it's a little slow going, I think, right now because they have their hands everywhere else yeah but they would love to set one up and i honestly would love to bring my snowboard to antarctica and just rip down a hill and then just high five a penguin as i'm <laughs> all in <laughs> bring a penguin's jersey there yeah get a picture next to a penguin put it on him <laughs> give him a little <laughs> call, him, call him crosby or something yeah <laughs> this is this is little mario <laughs> this is my buddy little pingu lemieux <laughs> pingu lemieux <laughs> Oh, that'd be so awesome. That's Brilliant. where my top one to go. But even like you said, in Czech and going back to Eastern Europe, stuff like that, it'd be unreal. Just there's so much different culture there. Mm -hmm. uh, so you you got drafted by the Calgary Inferno, which is part of the CWHL? Yep. Yeah, um, which is actually a really popular league and really getting, um, like, really steamrolling uh, through, throughout, the, throughout North America. Yeah. Um, I actually had a friend, Jasper, that played in the Edmonton team. For a bit. Oh, and they had the chemos. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I forgot what their name was, but yeah. And I, I had another friend that, a friend that had a friend that played <laughs> for them too. So it was, it's really interesting, like um, the connections that you can see people uh, making the this this league. Uh, so you got drafted to that team with only really beer league experience. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is very impressive, um, but it's been kind of challenging to get onto the team, like playing playing a game for them. Correct. Yeah, well, the first the, the first year I got drafted, I ended up breaking my foot the day of tryouts. Always so awesome way to start. Off, that was on the right foot. Yeah, sorry, but um, they kept me on their roster, and but they ended up having a record-setting season, mm -hmm. so you don't really mess with a good thing. No, totally. Like I don't like they might have finished the season with maybe two losses, and I don't even it could have even been less. Like they had an unreal team. Uh, nine of their players from that team are actually on Team Canada this year. Going wow. for <laughs> gold again. So Yeah, it's you know, they're not they're <laughs> nothing, whatever. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I tried out again this year and was one of the final cuts for defense. So it was probably the eighth D and they took seven with them saying keep in touch. So So they just do they still have you on the roster? At uh, all, or no, but I'm. You just kind of emergency in contact call. with them, yeah. That's fair. So and they're doing really well too. I believe they're leading the league um, up to Christmas anyway, and they just lost to Montreal this past weekend. But really hard fought games and some really skilled players on. Those I didn't teams. mean it to go one of the to go to one of the games, but I was like, oh, I won't go to one of the games until you know Misty's playing that <laughs> game, and then I'll definitely go, and we'll get. I'll be in the fans stands there and Jersey, cheering exactly. Yeah. I would go recommend with, it. go with Arnie and Roman and those guys. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I'll have to look into it for sure because tickets aren't that expensive. Like, what well, they gotta be like fifteen bucks. Yeah, no, it's, and it's totally reasonable. These people and they just actually so it's uh, five teams in the league and they just added two Chinese teams oh, because wow. the not the next Olympics Olympics after that I'm not sure are in China. Yes, they are. They're yeah. making a bid for them. The next, the next Olympics are in China. Yeah, so they're trying to really grow their sport, and they don't, they don't want to put on a poor showing, obviously. No, totally. So the KHL actually is sponsoring two Chinese teams, oh, wow. which are acting as farm teams for their Olympic teams. As also North Americans have gone over, and those teams are actually very competitive. I think they're within. They're not top in the league, but they have beaten every team. And Vanky is Vanky Rays is one of the teams. I think they're coming to Calgary. Uh, the 20th weekend so that'll Ooh. be a really good game and it's because of the khl entering this the league there's some more money in the system so the players for the first time in the history of 10 years of this league or 11 years of this league they're getting paid not much About time but something <laughs> at least they're getting some money i would definitely recommend people going to check it out and supporting the female hockey yeah, and like this is also throughout Canada. Like, I imagine there's a, a team in Vancouver. Uh, there's definitely a team in Toronto, Montreal. I know that because I've read about them before. There's um, a team in Montreal, two in Ontario, uh, just the one in Calgary, and then the two in China. And mm -hmm. then there's one in Boston. 
Those are more Boston too. I was wondering if there was one in Buffalo as well, since it's so close to Toronto. But um, but there is a team from Buffalo, but that's in the NWHL. Oh. The, okay. They've started their own league, and the Buffalo, New York, uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and maybe another Boston team. Mm-hmm. And they're really competitive too. You have to have played post secondary. Um, no kid. In order to try out for one of their teams. Yeah, yeah. So craziness. Um. So, because that's kind of put on hold for you, um, what are you looking at now for, for hockey? I got some contacts in Australia, and I'm going to try to maybe go play there next year. And I'm currently working on a hockey resume, if you will. And <laughs> my goal would be to go maybe Norway, Sweden, somewhere in Europe, and just go and playing a season or two and learning more hockey, playing more hockey at a competitive level, and moving to a different country for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's so many options there um, for co-ed hockey even, that's uh, that's semi-pro, yeah. like, where you can get paid, and uh, you know, women's hockey in Europe is really taking off too, and there's so many countries that are just making their mark, and you know, going with that, because they want to improve, obviously, yeah. and they have... Um, you know, they have the, the leagues and the fan support and the interest now to really go with that. Like, Brian Savage used to play in the NHL, and he's in Austria now. Oh, doing really? Like, yeah, doing a bunch of ha- uh, hockey work camps. Like, he's the Gary Roberts of Austria. <laughs> now, like, where he takes certain athletes, and he'll work with them uh, to improve their, their game even more. And he lives there permanently now. Hmm. So, yeah, like, it's it's very impressive on how... Uh, a lot of those small European countries that weren't really famous for hockey are really, really taking off now. Starting into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, not just your Norway, Denmark. Sweden. Um, it, it, Sweden's always been a, a big country, though. But, like, Norway, Denmark, Switzerland, that and Germany, that have always kind of been on the the, the relegation teams, oh. so to speak, for, like, World world Juniors. Yeah. Um, they're actually kind of, like, really rising up and becoming better. Like, Austria as well. But, like, other countries, like... Um, Belarus, Latvia, um, even the Ukraine, yeah. um, Croatia, France, they're really starting to jump up now. Even England, too. Um, it's surprising. Yeah. Well, it's really funny because um, if you've never seen the Ice Guardians no. documentary, no. I think it's on Netflix now. Um, you can find other places to watch, too. But it really focuses, it's kind of like um, The Last of the Gladiators okay. that came out a couple of years ago, really focusing on the enforcer role. Okay. And... They look at the similarities between the North American game and the English game uh, of fighting, and they go into it, which is really, uh, really, really informing. A lot of the concussions that you see nowadays are not from fighting. They're more so from uh, people getting cheap shots and stuff. Whereas you went uh, 20 years ago in the 90s, where there wasn't as many cheap shots, but there was a lot of fighting. Right. Um, You had those instigator, oh, so those enforcers, to make sure those cheap shots didn't happen. Right. Um, and the studies they've had show that, I think it's like 3% of concussions are from fighting, where the rest of them are from hits near the boards, or somebody getting hit and just being like, you know, getting that right. whiplash oh. happening. Because that's happened to me before. I've gotten a mild concussion from snowboarding, where my head doesn't hit the snow. Yeah. It just whiplashes back, and it's just that fast movement. Interesting. Yeah. Because they say, they say it's like, you have your fist, and then you have your hand over that fist and that's your brain moving around. Okay. So, but there's a little bit of space, so you can, your, your skull is there to protect your brain, but at the same time it can be a weapon against your brain too. Yeah. Um, so they're looking at England because England's the only European country that has hockey where uh, they don't have an inst- instigator, where uh, not an instigator penalty, but you don't get a major and you're ejected out of the game if you fight. Oh, to kind of allow it by not yeah, having exactly. a penalty like, for it. Well, I think there's still the instigated rule, but you'll get a penalty, you'll get the five minute major, and you'll still be in the game, but you might get tacked on for more, depending on the, the, the you know, severity. The, yeah, exactly. The instance, uh, too, like what actually happened. But you play in Sweden, you play in Switzerland, you play in Germany, you, pl- you play in Austria, you get in a fight, you're out of that game. Yeah. International rules, right? Yeah. So they're seeing that there are less concussions happening in England. Than for for hockey at a high level than these other countries. That's really interesting. Yeah, so it's not really so much at well, it it seems like it's a little bit biased because it's obviously interviewing guys like the late Dave Zemanko, uh, Kevin Westgarth, Luke Gazdick, 
Tai Domi, all these like heavyweight guys yeah. that fought their entire lives, even like uh, Scott Parker. Um, but they're also talking to this, some of the skilled guys that are saying, yeah, like it was nice to have an enforcer on the team. Like you well, wanted, like Wayne Gretzky's like, it was nice to have a Dave Simenko, a Marty McSorley. Well, look what happened to Korea. Like big hits oh, like that ruined Ridiculous. Your yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like nobody really went after Scott Stevens after that hit. No. Yeah. And it's, it's a real shame, but you watch it and you actually learn quite a bit about it. So oh, I'm going to have to watch that. What was it called again? Uh, the Ice Guardians. Ice Guardians. Okay, yeah. cool. It's very, very informative. And, you know, they actually have, like, professors in there, uh, people that study the games, all that kind of stuff. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's close to the hour mark here. Let me just check. All right, sweet. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're just over an hour there, Misty. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I think we covered actually a lot. <laughs> I think we did <laughs> so too. Went off a couple little tangents and way um, more than you kind of expected. That's, that's well, yeah, believe me, that's what I hope for. Yeah. Maybe I don't expect that many, but you know, I hope for it. So to be fillers and whatnot. Um, all right. So you're going to India on the 20th, 29th, 29th till the February 9th. February. Yeah. And you're going to be sending me a link for your uh, GoFundMe. Yep. Hopefully we can get this up and running as soon as possible. Um, so people can listen to it and possibly help you, uh, go to, uh, well, you already have your tickets booked and everything, but then bring more gear. Yeah. Everything's paid for on our part. We're not looking for anything to do with that. Yeah. Just if we can, we're looking to raise a thousand dollars just to bring extra sticks, like maybe extra skates, not brand new stuff or like secondhand skates, like things that people don't really need here. Um, any, and anything else that the foundation kind of is saying that they would help with their, totally. No, no, I like, I'll, I'll definitely do anything to that for sure. Um, I always like to help out, um, you know, especially if it comes to sport, it's yeah. always fun to donate for that. Uh, and even better when you know that person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Misty. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to just finish with? Uh, no, thanks for having me on the show. Sorry to put you on the pressure there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. And yeah, best of luck with uh, your hockey endeavors in the future.